The heroes of Olympus. The greatest heroes are about to rise to the surface. The song of Neptune, Rick Riordan. The second installment in the New York Times number one best-selling series from Rick Riordan, author of the Percy Jackson and the Olympian series. Don't miss book one. Disney Hyperion. Heroesofolympus.com. Dear listener to our podcast, Jeff and Rick present Unpacking the Power of Power Pack. Where we journey through each issue of comics that include a member of the most underrated Marvel series from the 80s while drinking beer. Analyzing awesome and amazing adjacent adolescent adventures and absorbing alcohol. I am Jeff. And I am Rick. But everybody randoms, I banter to... Everybody randoms, baby, how about you? Random banter time, buddy. Talk to me, tell me tall tales and tantalizing tidbits of trivia today. Sure thing. I got no clue where that's from. I just think you've been drinking before the show again. I really wanted to, to be very honest. Today was a good uh, need to drink to make the make the voices go away day. <laughs> the voices being me screaming at stuff because I'm very tired and upset about many of things. But I didn't, so I'm great. Do you remember the movie Better Off Dead? A yes, little claymation scene in there? Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, do you remember the song going on that? Barely. I, yeah. I just recorded that onto my Plex server, and I haven't seen it in a long time, but I kind of remember it a bit. What was the name of the song? It's uh, David Lee Roth. It is uh, Everybody Wants Some. I Uh, want some, too. Yeah. Yep, yep. Okay. Why would I pick that? Because everybody wants something in this. Mm -hmm. Everybody wants something in this. Mm -hmm. The kids want a place to be. The Avengers want the kids not to be there. (laughs) Jocasta (laughs) wants to experience nothing. Um, <laughs> hazmat wants something yes. and then yes. hazmat doesn't want something as she is well within her rights yeah metal wants something then mm-hmm. um yes and striker always wants something <laughs> yeah this is true striker always wants mm-hmm. something so there's a lot of want that's in here yes i'll tell you, you what i want mm-hmm. i kind of want some of my money back but I really am okay with how much money I spent. I spent a lot of money. I went to the Rose City Comic Con. Well, I guess it wasn't oh. last weekend. It was the weekend before last. Yeah. And I had a ball. It was quite fun. It was quite enjoyable. I got to hang out at the Hero Initiative table and help them out. Good buddy Colin Stapleton from the Worst Cop Comic Podcast ever was there, as well as Desiree and Wonder Dog Sydney. I might have gotten Desiree's wrong, name wrong. I can't remember. But Sydney is her dog, and her dog is wonderful. Dog does all these, like, walking around with a lightsaber and she does poses in front of pictures. She gets her picture taken everywhere. And Jean Ha was the guest artist there, which was very cool. We were set up right next to Visible Women, which is kind of a Kickstarter of a group that Kelly Sue DeConnick has put together to make women more visible in comics. And so they had a lot of people coming to that table, which is very cool. We had a lot of people there. There was a lot of artists that were brought in to help promote and sign books for Wonder Woman Hysteria. 
And that's a very cool book I've never read before, but I got a copy and I got a whole bunch of people to sign it. That was neat. Got to mm-hmm. see Stan Sakai. Amazing. Got a some artwork done by him. He's a Yasagi Jimbo, right? Yeah, Yasagi Jimbo. Yeah, it's great stuff. Yeah. yeah. 40 years that he's been publishing that book. Fantastic. So I got a, a little remark done on a blank book I had of Yusagi Ojimo and TMNT and I had different artists do different characters around that so it's a really cool jam book I got <laughs> I got another jam book of Batman and Robin characters done by a bunch of different artists as well very cool time got to talk to a lot of people got to see Ruth and Darren Sutherland they were in town wonderful to see them with their friend Austin I was able to run into Stephen Weber another good friend from that I've met different comic conventions around here a few other people I haven't seen in a while got to see the old owner from the nerd out ran into mm, him. It was nice, really nice to see nice. him. And just talking to a lot of cool artists, a lot of cool creators, a lot of cool writers. Got to reconnect with a few people. Got to see. Wow. Uh, I got to see Ron Randall. I went ahead and did a Kickstarter campaign for his newest omnibus version of uh, Trekker. It's his volume two. And he had a Kickstarter that he had where. One of the new stories he was putting into that book, he would draw you into that book. So I was like, well, I'm going to pay for that and I'm going to get my daughter drawn into the book. And so I have a comic book page from that book with my daughter in it and I'm in it as well. It's pretty oh, cool. I was looking for you in that panel. I, I, yeah. I could recognize Carrie, but I couldn't really. You recognize couldn't recognize you. me. There's there's somebody standing right behind her who's got the svelte body, looks very fit. That was me. That's her dad. Hold on, let me get my uh, crazy Google Funhouse mirror out. I and told you know, Ron, I told Ron, right I was there. like, wow, look at that. You actually drew me in this book, too. And he goes, that's right. That's completely you. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Man, honesty in publishing anymore is just such a fallacy. It's just this. I, I got my daughter drawn in a comic book. <laughs> no, which is super sweet. I got a lot of cool things done. I was able to see Renee Wittelstatter, and I totally destroyed that last name. We talked about her when we covered She-Hulk number 50, because Jack Power was in one part of that. Okay, yes. She was the editor of She-Hulk's book that was running around with oh. She-Hulk the entire time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, she was there, so I was able to have her sign that book. So a little bit of a connection. Nice. I was also able to, the guy who did the cover of another book we're going to cover on our Patreon where, with Marvel zombies versus bruce campbell in the army of darkness (laughs) power pack appears in that i saw that artist there got him to sign it and i got to talk to clayton cowles clayton cowles is somebody who we mention a lot he's mentioned quite a lot he's got a lot of credits in comics because he is a letterer at marvel and many other things dc as well yep i think he's dc's he's he's part of virtual calligraphy yep so we have mentioned him a lot and I got a bunch of things signed by him. He actually got in on my jam book with Batman and Robin. He did Hi Chum with Batman was saying, which I thought was pretty cool. But did he do the Batman or just the wording? Just the wording. Okay, he did the lettering for it. He did the lettering. But in the process, as I was came home one night, I was looking through my list and I was like, his name is coming up on my omnibus of power pack. And I looked at it. He lettered a recent comic book that we covered that had all of Power Pack in it. Yes. Issue number 15 of FF, the one where Power Pack shows up. Yeah, That's actually Power the Pack title of it. Yeah. I brought that to him for to see him to sign it, and he busted up laughing. He's like, this is the one with the title, the one where Power Pack shows up. I was like, yeah. Mm-hmm. He goes, that was my mistake, and that's why it's titled that. 
Oh, no way. The story is this. He got the book to do all the lettering in, and there usually is some placeholder title there or something, and there wasn't one on there, and he needed something to refer to it as, so he just wrote (laughs) the one where Power Pack shows up. (laughs) The book gets put back, and all of a sudden, there's a bunch of hubbub because it's gone to print, and everyone's like, wait, that's not the title of the book. (laughs) Because of that book, it went out that from then on, it says, TBD is what you write if there is okay. no title. <laughs> but it's such a great title. It is a very good title. I had him sign the book and he actually wrote on the inside cover, I own this. Yeah, that <laughs> is very, awesome. Very cool. I wonder what they were supposed to be called then. He didn't remember. He, he, he just remembered that okay. part of the story. And I was like, that is fantastic. So. He remembered his amazing flub up. And it is amazing. That is, man, talk about falling into greatness. Yeah. Just amazing. He big-headed that. It just, yeah, big-headed it. One of how many comic books you do, and Mm -hmm. it's a fine comic book. It's never going to really stand out for anybody but us, but Mm -hmm. it's just a nice little story, and it was very Mm -hmm. cool to get. And so I was like, oh, that's great. I am going to mention that on the podcast because that will fit right into this banter. It's such a great story, too. It's the awesome little behind-the-scenes thing of how that name came about and how it was a mistake and how awesome. Awesome that is. That is wonderful. I love that. So, yeah, I had a very good time. I got to meet Jerry O'Connell and Rebecca Romaine, which was very cool. Yep. I wasn't going to go and meet any celebrities, but I found out that Rebecca Romaine had her husband out in her line talking to people waiting to see her, and he was giving out free selfies. And I said, I want to see Jerry O'Connell because- Yeah, I like Jerry O'Connell. Yeah. And when I was there, I was like, I will go see Rebecca Romaine because you know what? Two for one deal. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was talking and getting my picture taken with Rebecca Romaine. She was looking at my shirt. And the shirt that I was wearing at the time was my Alex and Julie and Jack and Katie shirt. And she looked at that and she said, who's that? I said, it's Power Pack. It's a comic book that my friend and I cover on our podcast where we talk about the kid or we talk about the characters and we drink beer. At which point in time, her handler, her agent who was taking my picture, pipes up and says, I should mention that those are kids, which I was like, man, that's awesome. You know that Rebecca Romaine's comment was, wow, you are a geek. (laughs) I turned and looked at her and I said, excuse me, but I do think that you are part of two massive nerd franchises. And she just kind of looked up a bit and said, yeah, you're right. Don't say things to the hands that feed you. So So it was good. It was a great time. I enjoyed myself, had a lot of fun, spent way too much money, but that's okay. Easy to do. Very easy to do. How about you? How you doing? Well, I didn't do any of that. So let's move on. No, uh, (laughs) I did not go. Rick actually invited me and everything. Unfortunately, I had previous commitments. I know that on Saturday, I had went to Shady Dell train station down in Malala again, because a friend of mine who has a train down there just got a new train. She got a brand new electric train. So we got to go down with like a nice little private select group of people and get a nice off day uh, ride. So, got to hang out with her, got to hang out with a friend of mine, meet some new people, and go riding for the day. So, that was pretty great. Nice. Nice. So, that's the new thing on that. Drawing a blank on Sunday. No, I was busy on that as well. <laughs> you were at the at the convention having fun. Yeah. So, that's what I've been doing, uh, that-wise. You could have met Jerry O'Connell, too, that day. I could have no, met Jerry O'Connell. No. I could have. You were, like, I too good for us. Too oh, good I'm, for us. Yep. I know. I was too cool for conventions. That's me. Super too cool to go to conventions or... Let's... 
<laughs> Rick, what were you doing? All this nerdy stuff like comic books and talking to celebrities and fine, fun stuff. I was going to just say, you know who else is too cool for you? And that is a bunch of kids at the Avengers Academy. And I'm yeah. just going to go ahead and stick with that because it's a better segue. Oh, they're pretty cool. Yeah. Jeff, give us a two cents replay of last episode so we can find out more about these cool kids at this Avengers Academy. The student Vale decides to leave the Avengers Academy to join a billionaire sociopath do stuff which makes everyone confused or sad because they think that she is making a mistake and that leaving is a horrible idea. Justice and Speedball then also decide to leave their teaching responsibilities behind to go on an extended road trip and no one really seems all that worked up about it. But Hank Pym does move the school to the old West Coast Avengers campus and opens the doors to any youngster that wants to learn the hero business. Now that the Julie Power is among the new batch of students that show up on the last page of the issue at the new academy, so that's why we're here. Two sentence replay is over. Why don't you give me a beer and tell us what our power pack pick is? My pleasure, my friend. Why don't you reach into that bag and find the thing that is not a comic book that I would ever buy for you at a comic con? Mm hmm. And pull out a beer. I have. Welcome home, Wilson Avenue, NS Beer. That's a colorful little cityscape that looks like it's kind of maybe from the uh, 60s, from the uh, car details on that. Very cartoonish looking. Yeah. What is this? This is a pub ale, silver can. Story time is, according to the Surgeon General, women should not drink alcoholic beverages during pregnancy because of it being too cool. It does not say that. It's all the standard stuff. What a long road it's been to this beer. We've been building our production brewery in Bushwick, Brooklyn since January of 2021, and this was the beer we wanted to make here first. Our collective dream beer. We are thrilled to be sharing this beer with you, and be sure to plan your visit to our brewery and tap room at 8 Wilson Avenue in beautiful Bushwick, Brooklyn. Enjoy while celebrating. I was reading very small lettering, and it was very difficult to read, so that was why my stilted voice was there. 4.5% alcohol. It is a pub ale. The hops are fuel. And uh, why would I choose Welcome Home? Well, let's see. There's a couple of things. It's the new campus on the old campus of the uh, West Coast Avengers. It's the Avengers Academy on the old West Coast Avengers campus. So it's everything old is new again, and you're returning home to where it all starts. Yeah, they got and a bunch of, bunch of new kids being welcomed to their new home. I just thought it sounded like a nice welcoming, a nice friendly beer for this nice and friendly book where everybody's nice and welcoming. Yeah. And there's no hard feelings at all. Not a one. Also, to tie it in, Julie's going back into the hero business. She's going back into the power set thing. Instead of trying to hide from it and saying she's not doing it anymore, she's getting back into it. Well, even when she was hiding from it and not doing it anymore, she was not hiding from it and she was doing it. So Yeah, I know. But then they'd have a meeting about how <laughs> bad they felt about doing things and then they'd go do it more. Yeah, something like that. We have a beer? Yep. It's beer colored. Little, little kind of red, orangish. Yeah, it's a good uh, dark amber color. Mm -hmm. Little translucent. Translucent to the side of transparency. Smells like a pub ale. Yeah, this smells like a pub ale. It looks like a pub ale. It tastes like yep. a pub ale. I haven't tried it yet. I've been just trying oh, to... Oh, no. This is a pub ale. There is nothing to taste. There is nothing to, to smell. This is a straight hmm. up pub ale. There you go. There's no surprises here. This is what it is. You go into a pub and you say, I would like an ale. And they are... They don't want to get fancy with you. They just reach over, hit the tap, pull up their house ale. Mm -hmm. Their generic house ale. 
Yeah, this is very much, I was just going to say, this is Mr. Generic walks up to a generic bar and says, generic me, sir. And they go, one generic on the way. Now, now we're saying this like, whatever. But Mm -hmm. again, there is something kind of comforting and enjoyable about a simple, easy pub ale. We've had variations of this, like we've had a good generic lager. We've had a good generic pilsner. This is a good generic ale. It does sound like we're bad-mouthing it, and I don't want to do that. It's just that normally at this stage we have like, oh, there's the complexities and these challenges, and oh, this flavor profile is doing this. This is just exactly what it is. You're drinking an ale. You're drinking an ale. The flavor profile is it. Mm -hmm. You get it. It tastes like a pub ale, and then it just hangs there, and there you go. It's pleasant. It's nice. Mm -hmm. It sits there, reminds you it's a pub ale, and then disappears. And you think, what was I drinking? Oh, yeah, I'm drinking a pub ale. It's not challenging. It is a liquid on the tongue. It doesn't dry out your mouth. (laughs) The flavor profile doesn't change. It's not making your face scrunch up. It's not giving you the roller coaster of flavors. It is literally, you take a sip, you go, hmm, liquid in my mouth that tastes like this. And then that flavor while it's in your mouth is there. And then the after flavor is that. Yeah. Done. It's good. It's nothing. Yeah, it's it's good. good. Don't get me wrong on that. But Mm -hmm. there's not a lot to say about it other than what we have, which is, it is what it is. I can see why this would be a good beer to start off your brewery. Mm-hmm. This says this is what you want to serve in your brewery. This is you have somebody come in and they just want to have a beer and sit down. You've got other things on your menu that are yeah. these are the exciting things. These are the things we're testing. These are the things that are our standbys. This is your house ale. Yeah, this is your foundation. Mm-hmm. This is your really strong foundation where, hey, we tried our chili pepper beer and it did not work out and our pumpkin spice beer fell flat this year. But hey, You can always go back to old reliable. You'll be happy. Yeah. And welcome home. This is a nice beer to just chill out at home with, too. (laughs) This is a great welcome home beer. This is great to go back home and have somebody hand this to you. Oh, heck yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's pleasant. Any day. Any day. Twice on Thursdays. (laughs) But we are not on a Thursday. We're on a Wednesday. So let us get into the opening credits, if you please, Jeff. Avengers Academy, issue number 21, January 2012, Welcome Students. Writer, Christos N. Gage. Penciler, Sean Chen. Inker, Scott Hanna. Colorist, Jeremy Cox, Veronica Gandini. Letterer, Joe Caramonga. Editors, Bill Roseman, John Denning, Jake Thomas. Featuring Giant Man, Hank Pym, Hawkeye, Clint Barton, Tigra, Greer Nelson, Quicksilver, Pietro Maximoff, Jocasta, a.k.a. Jocasta, and a whole lot of students. But most importantly, Lightspeed. Last episode, we had a transition. Some of the old students and faculty left, creating the need for new ones to come in. So now we should have an issue where we are welcoming the new crowd of academic achievers, right? Right? Well, hang on a second. We need to do at least one more touchback on the original team of six. Let us not forget... As Hank Pym reminds us, and a few well-known Avengers who were at the school for a walk and talk, that the original students were originally recruited by the original Norman Osborn to be used as original weapons, which he would originally torture both mentally and physically, originally. Much like how I feel after I order cheap and tasty burritos in bulk. Nope, not gonna ask any follow-up questions. Going to focus back on the failure that is Hank Pym. Mr. Giant Pants Sad Sack Man is throwing himself on the mercy of Captain America, Luke Cage, and Hawkeye. I mean, they are obviously here to berate, fire, or at least check to see if he has not turned evil again. No, not this time. That's not really the case. They know he tried. 
or at least he tried to try. And they completely support the idea of him relocating out to the West Coast compound to try and fail again. But at least this time, they won't have to see his new failures. But at least this time, they won't have to see his new failures unless they turn on the news. Oh, we should also mention that they are having this talk by the pool and a well-staged montage of all the new kids doing an insane variety of things around the pool. Okay, everybody freeze for the publicity photo. We should emphasize the new kids because the five remaining originals are having their own version of Capture the Flag on the athletic field. Reminder, that is Hazmat, Finesse, Reptile, Metal, and Striker. A further reminder to those whose primary and secondary education days are long behind them. An athletic field is where they do the athletics in a field. It is also a chance for the five of them to have a major gripe session, which I believe was their class motto. Um, actually, major gripe session is one of their electives. Their class motto is, ugh, this is stupid and I hate it. That's right. It was their motto. Hey, what was their mascot again? The mule. So... Avengers Academy. Home of the stubborn mules. Back on topic, to sum up the feelings of the original students. Who are these new kids and why are they here? We're better than them and we don't need them. The biggest complainer is Hazmat, who really does not like anyone, so... Finesse is able to do some far-distance lip-reading of the Avengers and deduces that the Academy is open to any young superhuman who needs training. They're also offering part-time programs so the youngsters can be community-oriented delinquents the other part of the time. Those walls will not graffiti and then break themselves. Oh, and these five students are now the old class. Now we get paranoia, as they are not able to fully snoop out what is being said. The nice thing about being in an echo chamber of negativity with your friends is that you really can bring each other down. Yeah, they are on the track of, oh no, they brought in a whole new cast to replace us. We better pack our bags and head to the train station. Before Jocasta walks up and tells them that, well, they're being idiots. Jocasta is not wrong. But she also does not really elaborate on why the five are wrong. She just lets them continue to think that they're all about to get the boot. But she does let them know that Captain America and Hank Pym want to see just the five of them right now. Well, time to pack up, I guess. Hank Pym gets out just two sentences before Stryker just starts to rip into him, calling Dr. Pym a... Hmm, ahem. Wife-beating, killer robot-building nutcase. <laughs> Why, hello, rubber and glue winner. Cap steps in to talk to Stryker, but comes in hot, actually insulting the kid as a way of attempting to cool down the situation. Stryker strikes back by pointing out that Cap got Bucky killed. Not once, but twice. Nice kid. Real nice. Hey, Luke Cage, I'm sure you can have a calming influence, what with your mellow nature and laid-back handling of situations on the daily. You want to get involved? You bet he does. He's not going to allow some little snot-nosed, fame-grubbing prat of a brat to sass a living legend who fought Nazis! Ram! That would be metal, cold-cocking Luke Cage. Who are these kids? I mean, really, who are these kids? Well, stop me if you've seen this before, but now everybody fights everybody. If these five kids were trying to show maturity and good thinking, I'm pretty sure they missed the mark by just a smidge. I think that there may have been a little too much aggression and reaction from the older Avengers when they let the opportunity to be a reassuring and calming influence to these kids drift by while they threw lit matches at it. Hank Pym seems to be the only one who has tried to remain calm and keep some peace, but... <laughs> 
Well, now it's just a super-powered brawl. Thank goodness there's a sentient robot built to be Ultron's mate who's on hand to restore order. With a blinding flash, a declaration of ENOUGH, and a... Thrim! Everyone stops fighting everyone, and the robot chastises both adults and students. She specifically underlines the fact that these kids fought in a war, lost a friend, think they are going to be sacked and packed, and that they are all really, really hangry. Post-workout... No orange slices or fruit roll-ups? Yeah. Someone get these kids a Snickers bar. Stat! First things first. The kids were not going to be kicked out. They actually want to talk to them about how they want to give the full-time students more attention, not less, and not kick them out. Then after that display of immaturity and violence, maybe it's time to reevaluate that idea. Wait, that was from Captain America? Jeez, dude. Didn't you hear Jocasta just tell you that these kids don't trust you? Dang, dude! After the kids walk away, Luke Cage sets down some real good parenting gems from the way before times. Something about getting some whoopings for these kids to settle out what ails them. Dang it, Luke. Not helping. I mean, the Mortar Robot's It's Complicated Relationship status girlfriend has more empathy than you do right now. She downloaded it from a Teddy Ruxpin doll. Still, the stainless steel she-devil delivers a good enough mic drop on Mr. Sweet Christmas that Luke questions her bona fides. Hank confirms that her motherboard is 5x5. Five five. Captain America verifies that Hawkeye has been very quiet. Never a good sign. He could be planning shenanigans or some other wackiness. Or... He's thinking that karma is a funny thing and that maybe he should try becoming a teacher here. Okay, he has a vaguely troubled past as well, so why not? Back with the OG students, or the five of them that are left here, they are still rehashing their clash with the big boys. They are until Hazmat decides that she does not want to deal with people anymore, or people who do not want to take her side, or people who do not want to take her side and who maybe want to have some PG-13 time with her. She drags Metal to her room, which is a Hazmat chamber. This is the only place where she can get out of her suit. And because Metal cannot be harmed by her chemicals, he gets to be her sounding board. And she has a lot to get off her chest. She is tired of all the dressing down that the adults are doing, and she is ready to pack her clothes and go home. Why are these adults getting their knickers in a bunch? She just wants them all to eat her shorts. Bra-fo. I think I see what you're doing here. Am I being too transparent? Is my slip showing? <laughs> yeah. Hazmat is dropping some big old hints about things she wants to do before or if they're kicked out of the school. And one of them appears to be getting the metal out of metal. If you know what I mean. I don't know what you mean. And neither does metal. Well, I mean, he finally does. But at that point, Hazmat quickly realizes that she was not as ready as she thought. You see... The first time she tried this romance stuff, her boyfriend went into a coma because her power decided to rear its toxic head for the very first time. And that can leave a mark on you. And your dog. And your parents. Basically, it'll leave a mark on anything within yelling distance. Similar thing happened to me once, except the girl did not fall into a coma. She ran away screaming because she realized she was kissing a boy and we have cooties. Or, her and her mother moved suddenly because of their own personal reasons, and my friends thought it was just a girl-from-Canada scenario, and I was in the dark for like 15 years, and I really don't like to talk about it, okay? Push much? I'm not pushing. I mean, I had a girl from Niagara Falls. And it's, she was real. She was also from Canada. But, um, anyway, where were, uh, where were we? Oh, yeah. Awkward moment between two friends. Well... Sometimes you do just need to be alone, like Jocasta. She needs time to gather data on the students' experiences and write up a psychological report on them. And we get some time with her thoughts as we get her complex backstory. Built as a bride for Ultron. Programmed with Genevieve Dine's personality. Left arm as a toaster. You know, basic life story stuff. But she also knows about the students, and she knows how to make this work. Sure she does. 
then why is she plugging herself into a big computer? Dude, reasons, okay? Well, later. We have round two of the kids versus the adults. This time, the students start by apologizing and lay out some history about what's happened to them. And also this time, the use of empathy from the adults plays a lot better than sympathy mixed with insults. While Cap makes a good faith effort to apologize, Luke Cage makes sure that everyone understands that that was Cap's apology. And not his. Dang it, Luke! Hawkeye lets the kids know that they want the kids to stay and learn, and that he is going to join the teaching staff. Excuse me, um, is that a good or bad thing? TBD, so we shall see. But even better news, Quicksilver and Tigra are bringing over two new full-time students slash teacher's assistants. Wait, is that Julie Power? What? <laughs> yes, sir, Rebob! Alex ain't the only one getting some dubious honors bestowed upon them for the years of service they've given the Marvel brand. While not having any formal training, her years with Power Pack and some recent adventures have prompted the Avengers to invite her to help with teaching while she learns. Neato. Oh, also why Tiger is going to be a student teacher too, but you know, whatever. There is some chit-chat about representation and some gross remarks by Stryker, but all of this is interrupted by the unexpected destruction of Jocasta. Wait, what? What? Wait! Yeah, it looks while all the rest of this was happening, someone blasted Jocasta's center mass, and it happened so fast she was not able to back herself up into another robot body or the Avengers mainframe. Always, always control S. Which reminds me. And while everyone gathers around to check this mechanical murder out, and while my esteemed colleague saves his work on our show, Reptile starts whispering to himself. Yeah, it is something about him being in, and nobody suspects, and this is perfect... And we're all confused. And on the next page, we see some adult versions of Hazmat, Vale, and Stryker, Finesse, and Metal looking at a screen, while a blindfolded older version of Reptile is in a glass cage behind them asking for some help. <laughs> okay. I, I just don't even know anymore. What's going on? Ah, uh, we'll get to it. I'm sure. For now, let's take a look at this cover of this issue in the themes of the issue, in the Power Pack packaging. Jeff! Look at that. We got a picture of Julie Power on the cover of this book. That is pretty neat. It's by Rodin Esquaro. I'm totally butchering that name. And this is kind of a painted version. Maybe it's digital art. I think it's digitalized art, probably. It's so hard for me to know anymore. Looks good. It looks good. It's kind of realistic. The women all have curves. And yep. metal is there oh, just looking kind of something. Well, I mean, that's not metal's fault. Metal doesn't have any facial expressions. So no, this is true. Metal's surprise face, his angry face, his happy face, and his sleepy face is the one face he has. Yeah. Shattered heroes. So this is kind of part of bigger event kind of thing going on. But that's kind of the top little border. Avengers Academy. Marvel 21, the first issue of a new era. See what they did there? They got the first issue on here, and even though it's the 21st issue of Avengers. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and, and like yeah, you said, we've got they this. Cheated. That they cheated. First of a new era. Yeah. Yeah. So we have this kind of nice shot of five of the characters of this book, and they're standing here. It's kind of like an up, rakish angle shot. We have couple of palm trees on one side, another part of a palm tree on the other. We've got the sun right behind metal and so we kind of got a little bit of sun solar flare going on there but blue skies back there and then we have metal in the back and then going clockwise hazmat finesse white tiger and julie power and they're all most of them are looking forward hazmat i, I think julie power and tiger or white tiger are looking forward hazmat metal and finesse they're kind of looking down a little bit at us yeah, they're kind of eyeballing the crowd. Eyeballing us readers. Eyeballing us. So it's like we have two people looking forward and we got a couple of people like, I don't know about this. So I kind of like that very subtle-esque kind of mm -hmm. piece there. You have to look for it, though. 
I like it. It's it's nice. It's, it's good. It's a great looking cover. Yeah, it's a really good looking cover. It, it's introducing a couple of new characters. Saying we still have some of the old characters. Not too crowded. It looks like part of some type of school picture. You know, like you know, we're doing some of these school pictures. We don't want mm-hmm. all the old students. You know, we're just doing some mix and matching. And yeah, you could tell like the old students are not entirely pleased. <laughs> yeah. While Julie and White Tiger are looking, Ava, are looking forward to the future, the old school are kind of looking at us like, can you believe this, readers? Can you believe what they're saddling us with? Can you believe this? Yeah. Yeah. So. It's subtle, but it's nice. Yeah. This is a bit of a continuation of where we were at last episode, because we saw the very awkward introduction of all the new ki- new students and, and new the people. awkward intro this time. <laughs> And um, yeah, we still have an awkward intro. <laughs> it, it still has, we're just ridiculous, whatever. There is so many people that are here, and we'll kind of get to this in this opening splash page, but there's a lot that's going on. And I think that might be something that they're doing. They're quite, I think they want to keep the idea of this giant school that they're going to be having a lot of people coming in and out of. That's fine. We'll focus on these main core group of people. It's uh, like some kind of college setting. There's a lot of mm-hmm. people running, it's... A whole new world kind of a thing. A lot of kids running around this college, but we're focusing on one or two dorm rooms. Yeah, it's making it feel like it is more crowded than it had been before. Because before it was six students in an infinite mansion. And now it's a campus with infinite students or however many students they need. Since they can just reach out and just grab, uh, you're a student now and... You're in your 30s. You can be a child student as well and whatnot. Well, there's a promise of a lot of different people here. And I don't know all these yes. different kids here. But if we, we have the splash page, which I think we'll go to a few times. I recognize a few people here. Of course, we got Julie yeah, Power. We'll- Looks like Julie Power and, and Quicksilver are having a, a race together. But mm-hmm. we've got one of the many spider women up there. And we've got Kid. I recognize him from Exterminators. Tigra and White Tiger are having a little bit of a kicking contest. Some lady in green skin who I'm not entirely sure who she is. She's having a tug of I know her, but I can't remember who she is. Yeah, she's having a tug of war contest with our buddy Ricochet from the Loners. And it looks like there's also Turbo and Penance. Turbo and Penance there, yeah. And then somebody else who I don't know. Yeah, so it's kind of funny because it's like the Excelsior, Loners, whatever they are called. Like, they decided to join up with the school as well. Yeah. That might be just a little drop-in, kind of like, yeah, a little Easter egg thing, but... Uh, I really think this is about all we see of them. I, I don't remember them being as involved. Julie does have a place here. The rest of them mm-hmm. are backup filler kind of things. They are part seen timers. as being part of LA's. Yeah. So, like you said, it's feeling the roster of, of who these people are. I know that some of these kids are going to have a little bit more prevalent prevalence in some of the things coming up. They're just putting a lot of toys out there for them to play with mm-hmm. at some point in time. They're letting you know that there's more people. Yeah. yeah. There's, there's students here. You're going to see new ones. They're going to do ridiculous things like guy on skateboard jumping over a pool and butterball jumping into the pool. And I can't remember what his name is. We'll just call him Tech Chair. I think he's a guy in a wheelchair <laughs> that whiz- controls that's technology. That's Whiskey. Whiskey. Okay. Yeah. And then I believe the Spider Woman that's up there is Arena. Yeah. So th- there's things that they can do. It's also yep. leading into the big drama of the issue. Oh, they're going to kick us out. They don't need us anymore. Yep. They're going to think that we graduated. We still need this. They don't need us. The original five that are left are, are bitter about this, and they are really having a problem. And that's all the drama that's in this, is them clashing hard against the old guard Avengers. Yep. And this is just 
it's understandable. It's a sitcom setup where nobody's really listening to the other people and it's miscommunication. Well, no, but and it's, nobody's sharing information. Right. Nobody's saying anything. And it's also elevated too because you have these people who have big egos. The, yeah. Avenger, the old school Avengers have big egos. This is their brand. This is what they do. They spend most of their time trying to make sure that they are the goody goodies and they want to make sure that what they do, what they say is going to be reflected good on them. Great. Fantastic. Uh, the problem is, is that these kids, they've got their own feelings and they think they're all that. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, well, yeah. they have a lot. They've got big personalities, we'll say. They've also got through a lot of trauma. It's like Metal especially is, seems to be PSTD you know, or PTSD. He is being affected by his trauma massively. And that's why, you know, there's he did an attack on Luke Cage when it was just like hazmat starts. It is just like they're going to get rid of us. They're going to kick us out. You know, it's like my dad always says when management shows up or the home office shows up, pink slips are going to start flying around. Striker is ready to always lash out anyway. Metal got on board with that because his girlfriend is now like, what? They're going to kick us out? What? And Reptile's like the only one going, no, they're not. They just spent millions of dollars on this campus. They're going to keep us around, obviously. But Metal's yeah. like, no, man. Nuh-uh. They brought in all these new students to the new school because they're going to keep them and get rid of the problem parts that don't work, which is us. So they talked themselves into a state where they were pre-worked up and not ready to listen to anything. Because basically what they did, you know, Steve Rogers wants to talk to you guys. Now, just you guys. You know, Jocasta didn't give them much. You know, other than saying, uh, no, Hank Pym values you highly. She didn't say, no, you guys will be pleasantly surprised. She didn't prep them at all. Maybe she didn't know. They called her a, you know, they said, they treat you like a glorified maid slash tech support. So maybe Jocasta didn't know either. Yeah. But they went into the meeting primed to go off. Old Avengers didn't really get a chance to really sell what was going on. But they did kind of come into it a little bit like, yeah, we're doing all this. But you see, you see, here's the thing is that when you go in for something like this and your compliment sandwich starts off with a good old slice of here's everything you've done wrong. Yes. With followed up with a piece of lettuce of all of the other disappointments that you are. Yes. And a nice slapping of mayonnaise filled with hate and bile before we get mm-hmm. to the compliment. Yeah. Yeah. I, yes. I can see how it's kind of taken wrong. Because it's supposed to be compliment, criticize, compliment. That's yeah. the sandwich, not Criticize, 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 and like oh, we were I was getting, surprised. we were getting to, the, we were getting oh. to the good stuff. We're getting to it. No, they were getting there, but you gotta, you gotta go through the really bad movie previews before you can get to the movie that you wanted to see. So, what is the good news? The good news is that hey, we recognize that you kids need a little more help. Still, we recognize that you need. Some more one-on-one. We've got some more teachers that can do it. And we're bringing in some other people who've got some outside experience that can help you, too. Here he is, Julie Power. Mm-hmm. says Hazmat. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Double rainbow Barbie. Yep. Everything that she was and isn't anymore. Yeah. It, well, you look at what Julie Power is. And, I mean, Julie Power has a cool and useful power. But when you look at it, it is one of those things of... So she flies, right? Mm-hmm. And she looks pretty, right? Yeah, she's pretty. She flies. She's got a rainbow behind her. Yes. I excrete toxic poison from my body. Mm-hmm. What can you teach me? And when Julie comes across in this persona of her as a hi California blonde, which mm-hmm. is still a bit of a change of a character for her, I can kind of see where Hazmat's coming from. She's already got a mm-hmm. chip on her shoulder. This ain't cutting it for her. Mm-hmm. So it is... 
It's an interesting choice that they've got here. I think that it makes sense. I like what they're doing. I like them introducing the character this way. I like having her part of this team. And it is a bit of a expectations foil where you have Alex coming in for the FF saying he's smart. He's knowledgeable. He's got all this experience. He's surrounded by brilliant people. Hickman didn't do a great job of really providing us a lot of uses of Alex. There were moments of it, moments of the brilliance, but we didn't get much of it. I'm hoping that this team uses this a little bit more. Of course, she is still just a secondary character. We have power pack characters who are just secondary characters in these books. Mm -hmm. She had a lot more to do in The Loners, which is sad, but at least she's in this book. And I know that she's got some good moments coming up. So we'll have to kind of see how this works. Pretty good introduction here. I think she does a very nice job of selling herself and what she's, why she's here. It goes pretty quick. It's only one real panel. I think there's more introduction really with White Tiger, especially as she's asking questions about representation and rep- representing yourself as a Spanish power user to reptile, which yep. is cool. Because she said her brother was like the front runner of being a Hispanic hero. And, you know, he gave it all. He sacrificed everything to really make the Hispanic hero be part of a community. And she wants him. This is her introduction. And she's just like, I have a, I'm a legacy hero. My brother sacrificed everything to put a Hispanic hero on in the community and to represent. And why aren't you in the community representing your culture? It, that That's her introduction. It's like a little abrasive, a lot abrasive. And Reptile's like, I'm just trying not to be evil, man. <laughs> you know? Yeah, no, I loved, I loved Reptile's response. He's like, hey, I'm proud to be a Hispanic superhero, but I don't feel like I have to be the Hispanic superhero. And I get that. It's like, I don't have to step up for everybody what I'm just trying to step up for myself. And I get that. And I think we're going to see some more uses of that too. We're going to have some more people that are going to be like that and and having that same type of response to this kind of mm-hmm. this kind of thing. I saw a comic recently that I really liked, which was like, shows like somebody's climbed to the top of a mountain. It's like, I did it. And, you know, that was the people judge and see people. It's like, yeah, that's success. You've done it. Yes, you, you've stepped above. And that's what kind of Ava is expecting of people. Reptile, why aren't you at the top of the mountain? Well, Reptile, this other panel that I saw in this comic where there's a pit underneath them and they've climbed up out of the pit and they're at the foot of the mountain. He's like, I did it. And that's Reptile. Yeah. It's like, it is saying, basically, you shouldn't judge people for the elevation that you expect them to be at. You should judge them by the distance, you know, how much elevation they've gained. Being you know, at the top doesn't matter if you didn't have to climb very far. He's had to come from, you know, subterranean. So it's yeah. to get to sea level. So, you know, power to him. Let's talk a little briefly, very briefly, because I don't want to get too much into it. We still are a family show. Hazmat wants to take a relationship with Metal to the next level. She <laughs> thinks she's ready for it. And Metal, since he's got a body that can resist the caustic abrasive fumes that Hazmat's body puts out. Good. All right. Mm -hmm. And she likes him. So she wants to have some relations with him. But she's like, you know what? Guess I'm not ready yet. She had a very, talking about PTSD, she had a very traumatic experience when the first time she tried to get frisky with a boyfriend and the boyfriend ended up in coma. So coma, I think the dog died and the parents are still suffering like cyanide and radiation sickness. So yes. So that's on her mind. She thinks she's adult. I think this is also part of hazmat too. She thinks she's adult. She thinks she can handle all this. She thinks that she's above it. She's strong. She's tough. She deals mm-hmm. with a lot of things. And see, this proves it. You know, I can do what I want to do. 
Now, she still has PTSD. She still yeah. has issues that she needs to deal with. And that is part of another reason why she needs to stay. There is additional work that she needs to do. Mm-hmm. She needs to continue to grow, continue to improve upon who and what she is. I think this is a good scene. It's a great scene. It really is. It, it, it shows maturity, a, a level of maturity that is reached by the realization of where they're at. Yeah. I like how Metal kind of reacted too. He's he's not pushing. He's not doing anything. He, a little bit probably on himself saying, man, I'm really not even good enough, even in this metal form. She was great on the fact that, you know, she's like, I'm ready. Let's do this. And he's like, okay, if you want to. It shows her later. She's running out of the room in her hazmat suit crying. And she's like, it's not you. This is me. And he's like, no, I, I get it. And she's like, no, it's not you. But then it shows him later. And he's looking at, you know, he's just looking at himself in the mirror. And he's like, I understand why. You-. So while she's like, it's not you, it's me. He's like, it is me. Yeah. Because he's got red metallic skin and his his face is gone. He is a metallic yeah. skull with just eyes that just float, you know, in his orbital sockets permanently. He can't blink or do anything. He, there's no emote. You almost have to think, how much of a physical relationship is he going to really enjoy? He is made of metal. He doesn't have any real feelings for himself. Uh, really, it would more or less be for her. So the fact that mm-hmm. she's turning him down, too, is also kind of like, man, am I really that bad? Mm-hmm. Am I really that ugly? There's a lot that's there. Your C-dub drama, but for yeah. a little bit of a younger set kind of thing where it's like the ooh, a little bit of sexy time, maybe a little bit of this. But it's also like them realizing it's like, we're I'm not ready to be doing this. I, I'm not ready. And yeah. kind of like they all have their traumas. And it's like seeing them work forward through them is really good, but also to see how the traumas are still affecting them. It's like uh, when they when the group was talking after they had fought the Avengers, and they're like, yeah, well, Metal started it. He punched Luke Cage, and he's like, I don't know why I did that. Yeah. They're all damaged, and they're all lashing out one way or another. It's Veil left. Metal is down on himself and everybody and lashing out. Hazmat is caustic. Striker is uh, abrasive. Everybody's kind of like pushing in a direction with their emotional responses to things and seeing how they're responding to their to their stimuli because they've also gone through a war, lost yeah. a friend. They've killed, you know, some of them killed people. Yep. Captain America's like, hey, I understand metal. I've had to kill people in war too. And metal is like, basically, no offense, sir. I don't think you understand what I'm going through. So, you know, it's, it's very personal and I really like that. It kind of makes me sad once again about what we could have had with some of the FF stories. Oh, yeah. If we did more about focusing on the kids and yeah, some which of the other plays, which would be kind of cool. Not saying that you know, <laughs> we'll go this level, but let's look at some of the kids. Let's look at them individually as characters. And I think that this is this is getting into some of the old soap opery romancy <laughs> comics that Marvel Comics is based upon, which is kind of cool. Yeah. One of the problems with the FF is that it, it was such a large ensemble cast mm-hmm. that sat in the wings. Yeah. And this, you've you've got a large ensemble cast. You can still do things with it. And I think that mm-hmm. they're, we're seeing that so far. We're two issues in. So far, I'm kind of liking the direction. And I know from reading a lot more of this, it goes into some very, very cool directions as we move forward. And it is it is neat. It is fun. It is very, very cool. And I think we're going to have a good time with it. I think that's pretty good. I mean, yes, Jocasta got blown up. There's some weird stuff with going on with Reptile at the end of this book. We'll get into that in future episodes. Right now, let's get into our final thoughts in our gallery of greatness. Let's talk about some art in this book. Let's talk about how we like to have it pinned up on our new walls next to our pool. 
Yes, they will get wet. We'll cover them up with plastic. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. Could be inside the uh, pool house. Yeah. Jeff, jokes. Mm-hmm. We yep. already talked about it. I'm going to go ahead and say it right now. We're having fun. The beginning splash page. I call this a joke one because this is a bit of a joke. It is yeah. so much going on, so ridiculous. There's all these people doing all these things right over the pool, and only one person seems to actually be using the pool. I guess yeah. the people doing the the tug of war, they're using the pool as a thing to fall into. But you got basketball going on there. You got people who are doing karate there. It's just like, why is this all happening over the pool? I know. It's ridiculous. It, it's my top joke one. I called it, is this training? Well, it's over the pool. It, it, it's ridiculous. It is so... <laughs> It's just, it's a continuation of the final panel from the previous comic where they're all charging actionally out of the airplane kind of thing. It's just, it's, it's dumb then. This, it, it's dumb now. It's just ridiculous. It was just showcasing the people and that they have powers, but yeah. So I fully agree. It's a joke. It's beautiful, but it's a joke. My joke backup one, however, is on page seven and I call it when you got laser eyes, you use laser eyes. And this is Jocasta is carrying some piping over to where the students are at and assembles it and just just laser welding it with her laser eyes. Because you got laser eyes, you just use it wherever you can in the most mundane of things. I have no idea what she's building. Some scaffolding in a field because. And you know why you never see Cyclops doing things like that? It's because he doesn't have laser eyes. He's got optic blast eyes. Yes, they're concussive force, so he should be stamping license plates. He does exactly what he does with his optic blast. Thank you very much, sir. No, we will take no more questions. All right. (laughs) Well, Jocasta got laser eyes. My top joke one is on the last page, and I call this one, this is the worst Marco Polo game ever. This (laughs) (laughs) This is where we got all these older versions of the original six Avenger Academy's characters, and you've got Reptile, got this metallic blindfold thing on, and it looks like he's screaming, and he's in this circular glass container, and everybody else is, like, standing around looking at something. And so, like, looks like he's yelling out, Marco Polo! And these guys are like, shh, don't say anything. Pretend we're underwater. <laughs> it, it looks like he might have an artificial arm as well. It's blue, yeah. so. Yeah. But, but it's the older version of him as well, because. Yeah. Oh, it's cool. It's a great, it's great drawing. I really like it. It's the, the slightly aged up version of the characters and the one that's in the tank, the reptile in the tank is also an aged up version. He also has a goatee. Yeah. Striker also has a goatee. So this is a little mirror, mirror universe showing that these might be bad guys. That means they're evils because they got goatees. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, obviously. By the way, I'm thinking about shaving and just having goatee. Evil Rick. Go for it. it. It's great. All right, tell me what your backup good art is, man. My backup good art could also uh, double as a joke, another joke one. It is on page six of Marvel Unlimited, and I call it Finesse, Look Behind You. It shows Finesse, and she's you know staring forward into the distance, shadowing her eyes, trying to read the uh, lip reading that's going on. But behind her is a wrestling match between the living metal man metal wrestling with a triceratops which is reptile and it is amazing and it's just like is this so common here that finesse is even bored by it it's just i I like i like the next shot better almost because it's right after that oh well yeah it's awesome where you have reptile just flipping into a flying version of himself and metal goes face down into the dirt that's great too (laughs) oh it's great i really like that one too that was originally going to be a joke one but anytime you have somebody 
in hand-to-hand combat with a dinosaur. Man, sign me up. I'm down for that for days. That is so great. I did sign you up for that. Uh, you actually are supposed to be out at the park in a couple weekends, and you're going to be finding a flock of the Tyrannosaurus Rex powered up or uh, inflatable suits. There's going to be like oh, a woo-woo. dozen of those people, and there are going to be inflatable suits, and you have to wrestle all of them, and you have to look you have to look realistic while you're doing it, and you have to look like you are actually winning. <laughs> That'll be the challenge. How many dinosaurs am I good for? Man, I'm, ex- I'm excited to find out. <laughs> It's going to be the best pre-Halloween dinosaur fight I've had in ages. This is going to be wonderful. It's going to be the best 20 bucks I've ever spent. Okay. (laughs) My backup good art is on the page, or two pages after that. And this is Metal Cage or Metal Punching Luke Cage. mm -hmm. (laughs) It was on my list. That is a great one. I originally thought I was going to pick that. It's so good. You, you just have like a bunch of people. Actually, you see Stryker is like right in front of Luke Cage because Stryker's like face to face with Captain America. Luke Cage comes and gets right in his face and Metal comes arcing around Stryker and just belts Luke Cage. It mm-hmm. is awesome. It is amazing. And it is like, whoa, dude. <laughs> Literally every bit that they did with, with Metal looked so good. Just the the scene of Metal looking in the mirror at himself. I'm like, man, you look amazing. Yeah, it's just Metal, super great. Love the way that they make him look. Metal Cage. All right. Um, pff, there is one thing that you haven't mentioned yet. And there's one thing yep. I haven't mentioned yet. Mm-hmm. And I'm tops. thinking it might be the top one. Is it, it, is it Robot be. Down? Is it Robot Down? Is it is a it broken did, robot? Is it Dead Costa? Is it Dead Costa? Dead Costa is good. Dead Costa is a big splash page. Big splash page, everybody coming in going, what happened? And you've got a robot that has been broken. And the way she's been plugged in the computer, it's she's got like these wires coming down. So it looks like kind of puppet-esque and big yeah. old hole there. And she's got smoke come out of her eye sockets and still drawn to look sexy. Oh, she looks wonderful. She looks so beautiful. Yeah, that is a good looking <laughs> robot. That is a Metropolis robot right Down there. Boy. Now, Down. I'm curious if she did this to herself to in a way of tying the students together. Don't know. Because in a previous thing, they kind of showed what might have been like a head silhouette shine reflection distorted in the back of her head. So I'm curious to see if Reptile did this to her or if she did it to herself to unify the school. We don't, don't know. know yet. We don't know yet. Mm-hmm. We're going to have to find out. Because we are in some willy-nilly cheaters who look in the future and read books ahead of time. We aren't like that. We don't call ourselves those names. Other people might, but we don't because it's rubber and glue moment. It was the best or most childish insult. And I'm going to tell you right now, I did not choose the one that we chose in the book, in our little synopsis thing. I could have. I could have done it, but I left that one alone. I found other ones. There's other ones. It's It's my backup one. Well, why don't you go ahead and say that one again, and if you could. Okay, I will. That w- it was Stryker when he's yelling at Captain America and the Avengers and everything, but specifically at Hank Pym. And he's like, yeah, yeah, we figured it out already. And if you think I'm going to stand here and let a wife-beating killer robot building nutcase judge me, you're crazier than I thought. It's good. It's, it's good. good. It's good. Mm-hmm. I kind of like my backup one a little bit more. And that's Hazmat yeah, saying, I'd like to see double rainbow Barbie Linda controller powers like I have. That's my top one. That's it's my top. Good. I love that. Double Rainbow Barbie is amazing. Double Rainbow Barbie is pretty darn good. I like mm-hmm. that one. My better one that I had, though, was Luke Cage. That man fought the <laughs> Nazis, so you'd have the freedom to be a spoiled little punk. What have you ever done besides your hair? Yeah. 
It's a good one. That's pretty good. Yeah, good <laughs> stuff too. That's pretty good. <laughs> Spoiled little punk. What have you done? Ever done besides your hair? Mm. He, that's that is an insult with some stank on it. <laughs> oh, big time! It's just it's great. Let's talk about the Parent of the Year Award, the Reed Richards Award for Good Parenting. Jeff, I'm going to go ahead and write say it. Luke Cage. Luke Cage. Ooh, and this okay. is a negative one. This yeah. is a major negative. This is definitely a Reed Richards one then. Yeah. yeah. You are not showing any good parenting flexes. None. <laughs> None. Let's get out the whooping stick. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's go ahead and insult the kids. Let's mm-hmm. go ahead and put them in their place. And like, mm-hmm. you don't know what you're talking about, young whippersnapper. I mean, it's like you are old man yeah. McGreg on the corner. Get off my <laughs> lawn, you kids. Old man Luke Cage where he's just mean to teenagers. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I went the negative route there. I, I thought that Luke Cage, he was getting the toilet brush award here. It's yeah. it's not good. It's not good. Okay, well, we, you, well, you picked a Reed Richards. I'm going to pick a Reed Richards, and I'm going to say Jocasta. Okay, Jocasta the good is Reed the Richards, good one. A, a Reed yeah. Richards on the rare occasions that he shows up and actually parents. Jocasta was great. She was amazing. She uh, cared about the kids. She tried j- sort of to talk them down out of their doom spiral mm-hmm. in a way. She was also standing up for the kids and she was insulting to the Avengers and just going, you guys are dumb. You're not paying attention. You're not looking. You're not listening. So, yeah, give me time. I'll research what I know about the kids. I've been going over psychological texts. I'll compile it together. I'll create a psychological report to give to you guys. And then, Hank, yeah, you can do what you always do, which is whatever you want to do anyway. So she was a little snarky on that, but she was also like. Caring for the kids and seeing them and looking after them. She was amazing. Yeah, that's going to lead me into the most popular and the shunned. I need to identify the character who is the best and worst in the issue. And we're just speaking about Jocasta, and she is my best. I know we start with worst usually, but she is my best. Same. pretty much right for everything you said. She was the best in this issue right up until the moment that she got herself blown up. Yep. I mean, we all have our stumbling blocks. It's it's a negative. I got to say it's a negative. But I mean... It's okay. Well, have those times we're hungry or tired or overworked or blown up. Or blown up. I, I assume you had the same for best in this one? Yeah, oh, yeah. Jocasta. Yeah. That's what I said. Yeah. I need to tell you, though, I kind of cheated a little bit on my worst because I couldn't get it out of my head. He not only got the award for worst parent of the year, but okay. he also got the award for the worst character in this book, and that was Luke Cage. He went beyond just the parenting and just mm-hmm. the part that did it was... At the end, when Cap apologizes and he says, just so you know, yeah. that's Cap apologizing, not me. I'm like, mm-hmm. dude, you crossed the line. You went beyond just bad <laughs> parenting. You went to bad personing, okay? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I get that. No, I I can. I totally agree with that. That's a great choice. I didn't pick him, but there. here is the problem. Several people were on my list. Luke Cage, Ava, yeah. White Tiger. Captain America was even on it. Hazmat obviously was on it. I'm going with Striker for mine. But again, there was such a large list of people that were all up in their own business that needed to really give it a minute. And Striker, he came in hot in the meeting. He's a very negative person. He came in so hot and just kind of immediately took away from what the conversation would be to be, you're a killer robot wife beater and you got your partner killed twice what you're a relic and you know just all the stuff and yeah it's go time and lightning and all the stuff and then just his 
commenting to basically every female character that got introduced to him where he's like, you know, it's just like objective. Hi, this is your new classmate and teacher's assistant. So you should objectify them immediately. Make them feel as uncomfortable as possible in their new environment. Thank you, Stryker. I I can go with Stryker. I can see that completely. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like him and Hazmat. A lot of times I kind of look at both of them like you're already pretty much the worst. Are you yeah. doing anything that's that's really amplifying that worseness? And I, I do see where you're going from there with that one. I have to explain this to my daughter all the time where it's just like the person that's explain, interfering you with- You have to explain to your daughter why she's the worstest? Well, in the sense of like explaining to her, it's like you're getting in your own way. <laughs> you can get, you can have what you want and you can have fun and happiness, but you're getting in your own way of that. Fighting your way- from what you what would make you happy to having troubles come your way. And that's what Stryker and Hazmat do continually, is they're very much getting in their own way. Oh, somebody comes up and introduces himself in a friendly fashion. Time to smack them down. Yeah, I can see it. All right. We talked about the best and the worst. Now let's talk about the best and the worst in top grades. Evaluating each issue against other issues that have a member of the pack in them, you know the list. You love the list. Fantastic Four, Five, Eight is at the top. Down in the middle, somewhere around spot number twenty-one, we got FF number one, the club. It's where sadness abounds as a Fantastic Four rebrand with the spider choices. <laughs> spot number forty, the Sound of War, where Old Atlantis is destroyed, and Reed comes clean with Sue for the first time, and you'll screw up again. And, of course, at the bottom, we got the loners number three. This is pretty good. Last time we said that Avengers Academy number 20 endings was on spot number 37. That was a one-trick pony with Vale taking forever to leave mm-hmm. her friends. Yeah. This is much better. I like this one yes. a lot more. I like this one quite a lot, honestly. Yeah. I'm actually thinking this is up a little bit. There's a lot that's going on here. We have a real movement of story. We got a real movement of place. Real good introduction of a few different characters. Even not knowing these people that well and there being a big cast, I'm feeling that it's juggled very well. Mm-hmm. So let's look at uh, spot number 13, the founding of the Future Foundation. Fantastic Four 579. A lot of new people joining. We're getting the Future Foundation started. I kind of think this is better than that I agree. one. Right above it is Loner's number two, Reflex Actions. That's where Johnny goes solo. I still think that was a really good issue. But I mm-hmm. think that that's, I, I think right between those two is pretty good. They're fairly comparable because then if you go up par- further, it's congratulations, Mr. Grimm. You're handsome again. That's, you know, a, that's a great one. So, yeah. But, yeah, right. I could go for underneath Johnny going solo. The art in it is really good, too. Yeah. It's really good art. We complained last time that the last couple pages, the art fell off. Art was good oh, yeah. and consistent in this one, which is nice. Yeah. It This held held solid throughout. In fact, I would say the art, all of the art was better than all the art in the previous issue. Yeah. I could go with that, sir. So how about Welcome Home Wilson Avenue by NS Beer? I'm liking it. It has remained the same, and I've refilled my glass, and I've... Raised it up several times, and I'm going to raise it up again and say prost to Rick for being here with me, and prost to our listeners, and thank you so much for joining us. Basically, anybody that spends time with us, prost to you. Prost to our listeners, prost to the people who support us. I agree. Oh, yeah. Hey, Jeff. Oh, uh, <laughs> you, you, you wow, doing I- anything fun? 
Yeah. See the tear. See, don't let the tear fall in your beer. It's going to make the beer taste funny. <laughs> oh, it's okay. <sighs> I'm going to give this a golf score and say four. <laughs> it's good. Nice. I like it. It's great. Yeah. It's a good four. I think. I think that's good. I think that's fair. This is really solid in the middle, and yet for being a solid mid-tier beer, it's good at what it does. We've said this yeah. before on other ones like this. I'm agreeing with you on the four. It's solid beer. I would drink it again. I would go into any pub that's serving this and just be happy to have it in my hand so it could go yep. in my belly. It's very much of the, do you want to try our trick pony or do you want to have the old workhorse? And it's like, give me the old workhorse. This is great. I'm liking it. It's really good. Mm-hmm. And you know what else is really good that I really like? Kids' perspective. And that is where Rick and Carrie talk about the issue that we've just covered. So Rick and Carrie, please take it away. Hello, Carrie. Hello, Daddy. You ready to talk about some more Avengers Academy? Sure. Cool, cool, cool. We are on the second book of this, issue number 21, Welcome Students. Kind of giving it away there a little bit, but what's the big deal with this book? Or what's the real thing about this book? Yeah, just new students coming to here. New students and new faculty? Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. And they've they've also moved locations. I don't think we talked about that last issue, but the yeah. end of the last issue they set up in the West Coast where the West Coast Avengers used to be at. And now they've got this big cool place out in California. It looks really neat, right? Mm-hmm. I know there's one new student that you really like, right? Yeah, Julie. <laughs> Let's talk about Julie Power for a second. Is she there as a student? Kind of just there as sort of a helper, I guess assistant. Yeah, a, a teaching assistant. So she's Still learning herself, but she's coming in with a lot of experience. And so she's there to help the kids learn and help the kids grow and understand living in a superhero world with their powers, right? Yeah. We got her and White Tiger and then a bunch of other new students around too. What do you think of the new and old students and the new and old faculty? And have any of them started to really warm up? Or have you started to warm up to any of the students or faculty yet? Not quite yet, but I can tell the relationships between the new students and the old students is not going well. And honestly, the students with the teachers too. Yeah, that's kind of the other part of the book is the old students feel like they're getting left behind, right? Yeah, and also replaced. Right. Is that really what's going on though? No, they just kind of wanted more, like students. Right. They wanted to open up, be available to help other people, and also to integrate these students with other people as well, which isn't a bad idea, right? It's not a bad idea. It's just the old students took it pretty bad. Yeah. They've got trust issues, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And they also started beating the teachers up. Yeah. (laughs) You do know some of the teachers and Some of these characters are familiar. I mean, you've watched the Marvel movies before, right? Yeah, I know Hawkeye and Captain America. Mm -hmm. I've heard about Luke Cage Mm -hmm. and Giant Man. I'm guessing that's sort of like Ant-Man? Because, like, it's the same name, so... That's Hank Pym. So, in the Ant-Man movies, the guy who created the Ant-Man technology, the guy who Ant-Man is kind of working with the older guy, that's Hank yep. Pym. So in the movies, they oh, made him Hank yeah, Pym. Yeah. yeah, that's that character. So you know him a little bit. Yeah, sort of, but not truly. <laughs> You've got to have some opinion of some of the old students. Do you like any of them yet? Or do you just really not care for them at all? They really have anger issues. Sure, sure. But so do you. 
I mean, I've seen you just absolutely lose your temper all the time. Yeah. You don't lose your temper that much. (laughs) (laughs) So they've got some anger issues. Do you like any of them or do you not like any of them at all? It's not that I don't like them. It's just I haven't really developed strong feelings for them quite yet. No. I know I said this last time, but I'm just sort of seeing them connecting to each other. Mm Mm-hmm. And just repre- like just showing anger towards the teachers. Okay. Is it starting to make a little more sense to you in the second issue? Yeah, a little, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Any other questions or comments on this one? Uh, no. Okay. Then thank you very much for your time, Carrie. You're welcome. I love you. Love you too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Check it out. Julie Power's back. I know, Carrie. One of these days we'll get Katie and then you'll get more lines. But until then, go back to your closet. Shout out time. We like to recognize those listeners that take the time to write in or leave us a review. This is for episode number 143, where we covered Fantastic Four number 604. Forever! Part 5. Charles Gears. Chris at BTO and Bat Books. Hoover Jeremiah. Jared Albrick, the yard sale artist, and their podcast, The Longbox Crusade. Jeremy Daw. Who says, hello, friends. Great episode, gentlemen. Jeremy Wiggins. Mal. Tim Price, the podcrasher. Their podcast, The Outcasters, who says, Jeff's cat saying meow during the podcast is the best. Because it sounds like the cat is saying the word meow. And tighten up the defense. We'd also like to thank those wonderful people that take time to give us a little bit of cash over on our Patreon. You can be just like these people and give us some money to do what we do. If you do, you can be like adorably astonishing and amazing Andrew Burns. Cheerfully cheeky and charming Char Logan. Challenging cheesy and chuckling Charles Gears. Destructive and devastatingly delightful Damian Witter. Dynamically dangerous and devious Doug Jones. Intelligent, interesting, and innovative Isaac Perry. Jesting, joking, and jovial Jeff Pollier. Just jealous and jeweled Jeremy Daw. Muscly, mighty, and meticulous Matthew Birdsey. Mythical and magnificent monologuing Matthew Laserwitz. Steely, salty, and steamy Sailor Bear Zodar. Sad and sickeningly silly Shag Matthews. Tyrannically terrifying and tame Tim Price. Way, way wordy and wobbly waffles. Weird and wonderfully wacky wind. Next issue, we are going to cover Avengers Academy issue number 22. Be sure to check out the Longbox Crusade, where I sometimes show up. You can also check out other places where we sometimes show up as well. We also have some merchandise available on Redbubble. Go to redbubble.com and search for Unpacking the Power of Power Pack. Jeff and Merck present is a bi-weekly self-produced podcast recording for a live studio audience of some of my dinner that I have not eaten yet in Portland, Oregon. If you would like to interact with us through the magic of the internet, you can do so through Blue Sky at Jeff and Merck present, Twitter, Jeff and Merck present, our Facebook page, Jeff and Merck present, our email address, Jeff and Merck present, all one word at gmail.com or at our website, jeffandmerkpresent.wordpress.com. Also, YouTube channel. Check us out. Jeff and Merk Present. Tell your friends. And if you would like to help support our show, we are on Patreon. You can find us at patreon.com, Jeff and Rick Present. Surprising of all things, it's all one word. We are also a proud supporter of the Hero Initiative, and we'll be donating 10% of our Patreon donations to this great cause. We encourage everyone to give what they can to this worthwhile organization that helps the creators who provide us with such great content. Go to heroinitiative.org to find out more. Please rate and review us wherever you can. Tell your friends about us. Share your love for us on social media. And as always, we want to thank the powerful people in our packs. My wife Cindy and our daughter Carrie. My fiance Hillary and our daughter Aurora. We We love love you. you. Until next time. 
costumes, costumes off. off. Our theme music is 80s action by Kevin McLeod. Also featured in this episode is Greco by Kevin McLeod. All music is found at acoptech.com and is licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution for a license. Can we just have a podcast where we do ads? Yeah. Just call it done. Can you get people to pay well, us money? That'd be nice. Well, yeah, that'd be nice. I'm looking for that Manscaped money. Thrim! They're also offering part-time posi- They're also offering part-time programs to the youngsters. They are also offering part-time programs so the youngsters can be community-oriented delinquents. Oh, gosh. Thrim! Yeah, it looks like while all the rest of this was happening, some... Huh. Yeah, it looks like while all the rest of this was happening, it looks like someone blasted Jocasta's center mass. And it happened so fast, she was not able to back herself up into another robot body or the internet or the mainframe or anything. Okay, that just entirely sucked. <laughs> You want me to just scrap that and do it Hold again? Hold on a second here. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. Just go with that. <laughs> Got it. Thrim. Jerry Albrick and the Yard Sale Artist oh, and Jerry their podcast. Jerry Albrick, yeah. the Yard Sale Artist. Jared and Albrick and the Yard Sale Artist and their podcast and Longbox. 